and welcome to another week, another episode, and well, the second attempt to record a Monday Micro, recorded on Tuesday, Um, so we're failing at our new recording schedule, but gents, welcome back. What's been happening since we last spoke? Ian, I understand you've been upsetting some of the members or some some of the competitors with uh, throwing people out in four balls in competition. Upsetting no one. Stop listening to your WhatsApp nonsense. Well, I'm I'm hearing you're putting people out in four ball competitions, Ian. That's surely a no no. No, supply and demand. People want to play come deer oh, park. Yeah. There's a lot of people want to play the park of the deers at the moment, just due to the quality of the golf course. So we have to maximise tea time utilisation. Prioritising the pound over the uh, pace and experience. Would you? Would you? Would you allow that to happen, Mark? There was no pound mm. at all. Because it's an open, it's an entry fee. So stop listening to rubbish. I'm going to turn <laughs> into Pootsie in a minute. Struck a nerve. You wouldn't put folk out in competitions and four balls more, would you? Post that. Uh, no. That's why he got sacked from Morton Hall. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's true. Every time I go back, they ask if, I, if exactly. I'm coming back. That's, uh, that's, that could be <laughs> slander. Uh, yeah, so. I think it is. Uh, anyway, put me on the BBC. Weather, I don't suppose anybody's actually done any golfing. Yeah, I played um, some golf last week. I played on the Scottish Assistants. Uh, made the cut, but didn't feature uh, in the tournament. We, uh, we discussed a wee bit about that last week. Ian claims the Scottish Assistants was one of his finer tournaments they played in. Yeah, it was yeah. almost CV worthy that one. Yeah, I think I had a top five my first year or something like that. Um, and since then, gone the other way. <laughs> That's a trend I've certainly followed. <laughs> Good. So, well, whilst uh, whilst I've had a proper day job, you guys have been uh, playing golf, and Ian's been upsetting people with four balls. So, listen, let's let's get started with the world of professional golf. Since we last chatted last week, we've had uh, Alison Corpus win the U.S. Women's Open by three shots. Uh, Putin paid to Ian's claim that ten or so players could be in with a shout come Sunday, but come back to that, Ian. I did did do some analysis to uh, to back up some of the theory we spoke about last week. And uh, yeah, Corpus having uh, been in and around the leaderboard uh, a few weeks back at the weekend of the PGA and actually I think in the Chevron back in April um, was in with a shout for the playoff. So Corpus wins her first, not only major, but her first ever LPGA and professional title having only turned pro in 2022, or sorry, made the tour in 2022, turned pro in 21. Who was watching Pebble? and? Uh, who watched Sunday and, and kind of felt a bit reminiscent to what we've been complaining about in the men's of late, if I'm honest? Yeah, I, I caught little bits of it, uh, bits of Sunday as well. Um, it was exciting seeing Charlie Hull climb up the leaderboard a bit, but um, yeah, Kopuz's ball striking was just phenomenal. So it tends to be what wins you majors. <laughs> Can't really contribute too much to it. Watch the wee bit. The first couple of days on the first um, on the old red button jobby, but pace of play put me off. The time difference and coverage being so late on also did not help. Mark obviously has the stamina for for late night viewing, as we noticed that the men's major. <laughs> so nope, watched pretty much hee haw, other than watching the crap that was Michelle Wee West and Annika Sonstam dumping it around the golf course, which was getting more coverage and. Than most, um, 
And it's, it's quite sad watching Michelle Wee because you're looking at it going, how, what, just an absolute waste of I mean, talent. I don't know if waste of talent's the right way of putting it. I mean, she's taken the the opportunity to have a family and decide all that, that life outside of golf's more important. But I'm not picking on, not picking up on the, the family point. I'm picking up on You actually look at her, you know, when she burst onto the scene, I think she, she was one of the youngest to make a, she was 13. an event, you know, 12, 13, to, to win how many majors? One? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess underachieved relative to how she certainly set off her career. That's for sure. Uh, you could argue, I mean, I don't know. This could be controversial, but is Lexi Thompson similar in a way? I know she's won nah. a hell of a lot more LPGA Tour events, but she could have had three or four more majors and, and hasn't as well. She still seems hungry though, and we'll uh, uh, try and get quite a few more. I agree, and I, I would expect she probably will. But you mentioned Sorenstam, though. Uh, Bit of Mark and I were just talking before we came on. Bit of an odd hill to go dying on your final US Open appearance to be standing screaming for a what quite clearly was a bit of a dodgy drop at 18. Were you watching that one, Ian? No, I've never seen it. Mike Marks, I think Marks just saw the short tracer, but she, uh, if anybody has not seen it, she's uh, I think she's on the 18th tee, wangs it way left, and uh, quite frankly, the drop should have been about 10 feet in front of her, given how far left it had gone off off impact. And... Especially with the short tracer they showed <laughs> on, on live TV. Exactly. Well, to be honest, we can talk about that, because when we watched Tiger when... Uh, Sawgrass at 2013, everyone was claiming that his ball never went half the way far up the pond that we did see standing right behind it. So, you know, unless you're there and you're looking down the line, although there might have been Short Tracer, but... Ball I mean, Short Tracer's can be wrong, for, for one. So, we can definitely confirm that, you know, Tiger's getting called out and we 100% seen oh, it yeah. a massive hook down the right rather than starting over Lake. So, you know, I'm not calling out Anik on that one without actually seeing it. So, Oh, that's, that's very noble of you. Mark, you, you've you. It, did, it did look a little dubious, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so moving on from the ladies, we had uh, Rasmus Hoygaard and Nacho Elvira going round in circles up the 18th for about an hour. Uh, not long after... Scottish pair Bob McIntyre with a triple bogey at seven and Richie Ramsey with a brutal double bogey finish opened the door for Hoygaard and Elvira to take a, a playoff. Hoygaard's fourth professional win on the DP World Tour. First question, if you're going to do a playoff, do you really need to play the same hole six times? Especially that hole as well, which... Oh. Well, you'd think that hole would produce a bogey uh, a few times, but yeah, that... They, it, they could have changed it, definitely. You know, you, your playoff record must be exceptional, Robert. I mean, how many playoffs have you played in them? <laughs> oh, well, for me, uh, absolutely <laughs> awful. Uh, I don't think I've ever had a playoff in anything. No, I mean, come on. If you're going to have a playoff, six six holes in the bounce seemed a bit, a bit dull. Maybe some kind of hole loop system might have worked. That, that depends yeah. on the layout of the golf course, I suppose. But uh, I suppose ultimately is to keep some kind of atmosphere and finishing at 18 is to presume that logic of it. Yeah, well, in the end, Hoygaard claimed his fourth win on DP World Tour. He's now sixth, I think, in the European uh, Ryder Cup standings um, on the, on the well, you've got the world points and the European points. I think he's sixth now, or seventh. Be interesting to see if he makes that team. He's got to be a shoe-in. It'd be interesting to see if 
him and his brother make the team. That would be quite a story. I can't see his brother making it, but I would expect he must be in with a very, very good shout. Well, I don't know what is Luke Donald restricted to. Is it four? Four Four. picks, aye. And plus, he's obviously now bye-bye to the DP World Tour and will be on the plane to the PGA Tour. He's got got a special temporary membership there, I think, as well. So he'll be... Lost to the Tour. Excellent. He'll be another one that we don't see much of. Um, But big shout-out to Mark Warren after struggling all year. Uh, I don't think he'd uh, finished any higher than 25th. Fourth place finish. Took him from 161st to 107th in the race to Dubai. Uh, but more importantly, picked up a an open spot for Hoylick next week. And he has this uncanny knack of being what appears to be rubbish for months <laughs> on end and then just comes out and just like wins her. It's incredible. No. This is a bit of a left field comment, but Mark Warren's the type of golfer, if I could choose, I'd like to be. Oh, really? He's probably made millions but he could go anywhere in the world and no one would know who he is. I'm not even sure if he walked in rounds, I'd know who he is. <laughs> I think you would. I've, I've walked past him a couple of times with Lot Lomond, actually. He plays, um, he plays a wee bit down there, but... He... But just to have have the best of both worlds is what I mean. It's a, yeah. He, I've never known a golfer to seem to just go off the planet for months on end and then come back and... Well, like winning or, or being content. It's like there's no form at all. He did that after COVID and went out, pulled his own trolley and, and won over in, I think it was the Czech Masters or something like that, or somewhere in Austria and won. It was essentially a kind of low-ranked European tour post-COVID event. But uh, yeah, like from, from complete standing start, no, <laughs> no game to speak. And then went out pulling a trolley and, and won. Um but, it's it's almost like he needs a kick up the backside to get, you know, oh, crap, I might lose my tour card here, I better turn up and play well this week. But I may, I'm, I, fair play, I'm amazing. I mean, you wouldn't put it past him to do have a decent week at the... Um, at the Open. Well, at the Open, I, I don't even, is he playing this week? I don't actually know. Uh, Scott's in the field this week. Not sure. I've got it up somewhere nearby. We'll have a wee look and continue. I mean, we'll confirm that in a little second. Um, I want to go move... back to the playoff, though. So, yes. what is the best format routing for a playoff? I mean, you've got to have. We, this is an excellent question. I think sudden death, like one hole, not three. No. Back down the first? No, I like, I like 18, but I do. I think maybe 18 a couple of times and then if that's still not doing anything, get I also think get them to some a hole which is exciting, like a short par four or you know, not just a long hole where they're just gonna hit two shots and make a par every time, which is what happened on um on Sunday. I get the point. You're not gonna take it out to some risk and reward par four that's the other side of the course and there's nobody there for atmosphere. I just think if you there's gotta be holes in and around or at least some kind of play eighteen, then you play the first. But in terms of the type of hole, ideally something that's you can go after and and actually kind of a good shot wins it for you. I thought I thought the eighteenth at Muirfield was great for the ladies open last year because they were hitting long like what to finish in the dark? Well, finishing in the dark was one thing, but <laughs> you watched the the hybrids and the long irons they were playing in. Ultimately, it was it was either who was going to make the first mistake or who was actually going to find dead aim. I thought that was a good example, but 
I'm going to promote a game of kicks or showers in the putting green as a, <laughs> as a finale. That would be excellent view. <laughs> oh, hey, it's a bit different. Uh, right, well, we'll get moving because I'm going to keep us go- keep us rolling. We had uh, I'm going to pick something up here. We spoke last week about Liv going to Centurion, and this is not turning into a Live cheerleading podcast. Love. But a year on, Cam Smith, the winner at the Centurion. I think we did possibly get an insight though into whether this whole myth about whether the team dynamic, the team environment actually is a real thing or not. Because if you anybody saw the footage, Cam Smith's got about an eight foot putt, which he needs to hold to force a playoff for the team event. He's got essentially two putts to win the tournament for himself. Misses the putt, they finish second as a team, he wins the event and really didn't actually celebrate. And you could probably see he was more devastated at missing the team event than he was actually his own individual accomplishment. Now, arguably, you could question, well, what does a win really mean for him? Probably not a lot. But I did think it was an interesting insight to his own mindset. And I think it's quite clear, team golf now, under a new guise of some sort between the PGA Tour and the other tours as a way, it's just whether there's actual sincerity in the team piece or not and I thought that was a really interesting insight perhaps in some cases there may well be I think there is, I, th- I think it must mean quite a lot because then the footage, even if you don't really watch it is all about almost the F1 type you know, spraying the champagne balls you only ever see it from a team point of view you don't really see much of it from the individual um, no, it's an interesting part of it I suppose, which still makes it interesting going to the last green for for the viewing, I suppose if you had two parts for eight feet, you probably wouldn't have been overly fussed. So having that extra little, you know, incentive to try and hold it for the team is obviously a different part that traditional 72 hole short play event doesn't provide. So as a part, I think we've came in this before, I think team golf probably has more of an impact to play in the game. Um, that's probably quite nice to see as well I don't know uh, for a lot of know, pros I'm, as well and I don't know if you found this Ian when you turned pro one of the things you miss most is is team like going out and getting your, your dinner for a, a league match was always good and um, playing for the team it's it's not something you experience too much in pro golf do, do you miss it would you be up for it I think so. I think I was quite lucky. I, I played quite a lot of, you know, junior league games, men's league yeah, games, exactly. played the, uh, you know, that I played the team in the States from a college team. I think it's quite a big thing in professional golf is you, you, you are driven very much in a, in a team aspect to then, you know, turn pro boom. That is you. Yeah, you're, right. you're an individual. You, you, you drive the tournaments on your own or, you, you know, you might have a caddy every now and again, but, yeah, uh, it is quite an interesting dynamic, and you, that's probably why you hear all these kind of, you know, tongue-in-cheek comments and you know, cliche with all the, oh, the team Casey and I've got the chef with me this week. But it probably makes them feel like they have people with them because, you, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do probably miss that aspect of it because it was quite fun, and you know, I, I would like to see more of it. I know it's love hate. Nothing will ever compete with a 72 hole short play event, but I say when you're an amateur, you're playing more team events than, than anything else. 
Yep, and as somebody who's played in no league, no league teams and had no amateur uh, credentials, I have no team experience and no individual golfing accomplishments. So, uh, yeah, I'll take the judgment of others there. And here's a question for you. How irrelevant has Paul Casey now become in the world of golf? He's gone from 25th in the world to 190th. Uh, 2021 uh, played four games in the Ryder Cup. And at the moment, he can barely make a leaderboard and live golf. Is he possibly the most highest? Is he the highest profile guy that clearly got a good paycheck whose game has just disappeared with? Has he gone forever? Has he got no motivation? He's got no majors to play in. Yeah, I would I would say he's come out worse from Liv because he was he was on form. He was competing in majors. Oh. He was you thought he was gonna get one of the next majors. And yeah, I, I think I'd forgotten about him until you brought him up this evening. He 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 of all the players that's kind of languishing down in their little league as you call it, was like you said, one of the ones that actually had some form. And was playing some pretty good golf. Seems to have taken a massive paycheck and, uh, yeah, vanished. Unless I'm mistaken and he's injured. But I just, I was going through it when I was looking through things the other day and I thought, well, that, that Who's that? I completely forgot. Paul Casey. Just oh, gone Casey from eyes. 25th in the world. Ryder Cup player in 21. Can't even, can't even make a showing in a live, a live event. I was just saying, is he the, is he the, the epitome of somebody that's taken the money and that's it. Done. You know, Casey's had ups and downs in his career, as we know. I mean, he lost his European Tour, uh, PJ yeah. Tour card. He's scrapped back on European Tour. So, plus, he's always been kind of injury, been injury prone. I don't know. I mean, let's be honest. There's not a lot of love for Team Casey, is there? So, no. Just interestingly, there's another site for rankings. Tugger Data Golf. Yeah, Tugger's yeah. a separate website, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, come on to Tugger if you like. Sorry, uh, you and no, it just it it ranks the live players more accurately, I find, especially if you're going into a major and trying to find a little yeah. a wee sleeper. Um, so and yeah, it's got him at 78, but his official world record golf ranking is 200 right now. So I guess he's not too far out of it, but. Have a look at the uh, Universal Golf Rankings, Tugger, as they like to be known in the States. A uh, very different way of ranking golfers. They're trying to make some inroads. Okay. And don't go to T-U-G-G-E-R.com. That might, get, that might come up with a different search result. Um, yeah, Tugger's not going to be working for the um, the closed Wi-Fi. Might want to be in a safe space if you're searching for that. So from one man, Paul Casey, whose game seems to have disappeared, to a guy whose game seems to have come back, uh, Mr. Matteo Manicero. Second win in two months in the Challenge Tour. Second, I think, in the uh, Race to Mallorca standings. The now 30-something, early 30s, I guess he is. Uh, Could just be. Is he going to come back? Are we going to see... Uh, rekindle Matteo Manicero in the uh, DP World Tour next year? Well, the one thing he has in his favour, unlike probably most, is he knows how to win. He's won on Challenge Tour, he's won multiple times on European Tour, um, big events, Wentworth. So, as uh, a comeback, who knows until he starts playing on the DP World Tour, but fair play to him for keep trying because uh, I don't know what it feels like to fall from, you know, I don't know what he was world ranking wise. His peak must have been borderline top 10, 20. 
Uh, give me a minute to, and I'll tell you. Just to then hang plummet in to, I imagine, the thousands. It, it reminds me a wee bit of Ollie Wilson. He's came back, he's chasing distance. He's obviously started to win a couple of times. He hopefully gets a... He'll obviously get his status back on, on tour next year. Um, 25th best world ranking. 21st. Yep, 25th was his best world ranking. He also has a weird combination of time on his hands because he's still quite young and a heck of a lot of experience like you were. Because yeah. he was about 14 when he when he won. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's a unique situation. I can't <laughs> really think of many other golfers I've, I've really been in. Maybe, you know, maybe winning so wait. young and then just I mean, really falling off the planet. No, I agree. Uh, it is a very uh, very unique thing. And and Joe is, like Mark says, still young enough then that um, he's going after it. And to be fair, it must be. It's almost, I always think, like you see when you see football players that, that come on the scene at 16, 17, they almost get burned out by the time they're in their late 20s, early 30s, and their kind of career maybe peters out. For him to still have that drive and energy to keep pushing at it and come back and maybe have another good run at it in his 30s, that, that takes some going. Um, so I suppose it's the beauty of the game. It's a you know a career that lasts, well, certainly in his case, it'll probably last 35, 40 years potentially. Yeah. Um, yeah, good luck to him. Okay, here's a question for you both. When does an Open stop becoming an Open? When it's not Open. Is that the answer? I don't know. I'm just asking. But we're playing this. There's a Scottish Open this week and it doesn't seem to be very open. There used to be some qualifiers for it. Did you ever play in that, Ian? No, I saved my 100 and odd pound entry fee. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I think the last one was 2019 when um, I think Daniel Young just missed out, but maybe Callum Hill got in. I'm not sure. I was looking at it before. But the reason I ask, as you rightly point out, Scottish Open this week coming up. No longer, in my view, in its current state, an open event, but one that now has quite an unbelievable field in it. Uh, how many of them will be relishing the current weather? I don't know. Uh, strongest field in European golf uh, this year by some margin. Probably quite a distance, actually. Shoffley stole it last year. Aaron Rye the year before that, I think, or was it Minwoo? I can't remember. Was I think Minwoo was maybe the year before. Minwoo was going to be... My pick probably because he's been on great form and he's won that. Um, so he would he would be a good one. Uh, yeah, not, not had a look at the bets yet, but the golf course is obviously going to have softened up quite a lot in the last I three know. weeks. I think um, we're going to get one of these really hard, fast summers, and all we've done is have flipping monsoon rain. Well, if it's if it's not windy, the guys will tear it apart. We'll see. It could turn into a birdie fest. Yeah, it doesn't look too windy. And Mark Warren is not in the field, I can confirm, based on that earlier question. So, yeah, we've got the Scottish yeah. Open this week. Uh, what is it, the fourth or fifth time at the Renaissance? I'm trying to think how many no, years it's been be there now. at least four or five, aye. We've, we've gone down that route before as to whether the Renaissance is the right venue, but certainly it's, it's, in the, it's in the right part of the country. Great place, East Lothian for golf, as anybody knows. But uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and I, I, I'm going to say I, th- I quite fancy Tyrrell Hatton. No idea, not looked, so I'm going to go Tommy Fleetwood. Tommy Fleetwood's not a bad shot. I say it's going to be soft, so well, it's certainly soft for Lynx golf. Um, and if there's not a lot of wind, then you're looking at probably somewhere in the region of 16 under par minimum winning 
Um, no matter how long they make the golf course or how high they make the rough, um, they'll find fairways. They'll make a lot of birdies. Yeah, I still think Minwoo and my probably outside bet would, well, if you want a sure bet, then Scotty Scheffler, he's, uh, his ball striking is just phenomenal. Uh, and then I think this Ludwig Eberg kid. Everybody's he's, uh, raving about Ludwig. Oh, yeah. I, I think he's the real deal, though. I think, yeah, he's going he's gonna to win one soon. It's a bold prediction. All right. Okay. Well, uh, before we kind of wrap up, a couple of points. The uh, the not-so-luckies on the uh, DP World Tour, they get the opportunity to head over to the Barbasol. I had a look in that field. There's actually very few British-based players that... Uh, haven't made the Scottish I've actually went over there Andy Sullivan was the only one I actually noticed I think last year there was quite a few you had David Drysdale um, who was eligible last year playing I think it was the Barbasol and the Barracuda one name that jumped out at me though Jeff Overton Boom Baby himself is uh, back with a sponsor's invite to the PGA Tour Uh Jeff and I go back 10 years actually now this summer with our uh, little meet and greet at uh, the Players' Championship Hotel. Good lad, same age as me. He's back trying to get a start. And Willie Wilcox is caddying. Wow. Is out there caddying for uh, James Han the next two events. I think Willie's now turned his hand to full-time caddying potential. I think he's based out in Kiowa, maybe, uh, or certainly has been picking up bags out there. Okay, find some good sponsors, you know, like Embassy World Snooker. Yes, that's it. Benson, <laughs> Benson and Hedges. <laughs> now we're talking. Uh, right, okay, though. I think that's everything. I don't know of anything else. Anybody else thought of something that's worth talking about before we shut this thing down? We just obviously need to work at that playoff um, run, best playoff run situation. I think kicks and the putting green is definitely, but I think you should put it out there. What is the best format for a playoff? I've I've had a thought since you've said, I think par three and each shot is a random choice generated club from your bag. (laughs) Oh, tremendous. You've been fighting for far too much for that. (laughs) Well, we will uh, leave it with the fact that the Scottish Open is... uh, Upon us this week, I think for me, we are entering the best two weeks of golf. If you are uh, from the UK, the Open Championship a week after at Hoylake. The last time Rory McIlroy won a major, I believe, was 2014 Hoylake. And something that popped into my head that just made that makes that whole world seem odd is that since Rory last won a major, Phil's won two. Right. How I've many people once, would have I'll said see. that in 2014? Me. Telling you, he's not winning another one until he changes the dynamic. There we go. We'll leave that for our preview show next week. Uh, Mark, thank you. Huggy, thank you. And we'll see you all again soon. Good pleasure.